Father, I thank you for all that you're doing in, the, in our church. I thank you for all that you're doing in the lives of everyone that's in this auditorium, everyone that's watching online. I thank you, God, for the assignment that you have given our lead pastor in this season. I thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity to serve him and serve alongside him to help him bring what you have placed within his heart into life and, and to uh, allow us to see some incredible things happening in the lives of people. So may this message help those that are here today in some way as they progress forward. It is in Christ's name I pray and everybody say amen. amen. Pastor Kelly has been preaching a message on visionary, visionary, and it's been based on Nehemiah's. And if you've read Nehemiah before, it's an incredible story about visionary. And so one of the things you would have noticed is that Nehemiah, the Bible said, had a sorrow of heart. He had a concern that was pressing on him that was observed by the king. And, and when the king saw the sorrow of heart that Nehemiah was dealing with, the Bible says that the king said to Nehemiah, what's wrong? What's wrong? And, and the Bible says that Nehemiah responded. And when Nehemiah responded, the king then in turn committed to assisting Nehemiah by releasing him to do what was on his heart. Man, I live with the belief that someone is assigned to help you. I, I truly believe someone is assigned to help you. You're not alone. The, the, the goal is to learn how to find your place and find that person who's assigned to help you. During this teaching series, we've been pushing visionary because as you guys know, possibly in the next 12 to 14, 15 months, we could be in our new sanctuary. We could be in our new building and, and, and we're moving from, come on, come on, you all excited about it or what? And so with that said, we're preparing ourselves, we're rebuilding and we're, we know that COVID-19 has disrupted the church globally and, and we felt some of that. But now with a new lead pastor and in a new position to build a church, God has called us for such a time as this is to speak to the heart of the people and the need of the body of Christ for us to respond appropriately. And so I believe that the first thing that all of us have to commit to is accepting the fact that there has to be something you see. You have to see something. It all starts with what you see. And I was talking to a, a client this week and they said, well, well, how can you help me? And my question to them was, what do you see? What do you see? And, and the response was, I don't see anything. And my response in turn was, I can't help you. I can, I can help you if you can see where you're trying to go. I'm gifted, I'm anointed, I'm skilled in helping you to get where you're trying to go. But if you don't know where you're trying to go, that's not me. Now somebody is assigned to do that. I'm just not that person, Right? And so with that said, when we looked at the fact that Nehemiah was asked the question, what's going on? Nehemiah mentioned what was going on. I believe with the belief that, I live with the belief that our lives, accomplishment, goes in accordance to what we're able to see. The ability to see something great is the first step in doing something great. 
Let me say that again. The ability to see something great is the first step in doing something great. You, you, you want to see someone's making an impact? I will show you someone who has captured something. And that's the birthplace of accomplishing something great. Nehemiah saw something great that was needed to be done. There is something we all have been called to do, but the question is, can we see? Can we see? Can we capture it to the point where it revolutionizes our lives? I'm talking about you could be in the poorest slums, in the poorest country around the world, but if you could capture something, if you could capture something beyond where you are, whoo, come on. If you could capture it, if you could capture it, as a matter of fact, the Bible says it this way, where there is no vision, the people perish. It didn't say, they didn't say unsaved people perish. It said people perish. So let me tell you something. One of the big questions that's a motivator for someone that's going to do anything of significance is you ask them, what do you see? One of the things in recruiting leaders in this season as I'm working as a consultant with, with some groups, I'm asking the person that we're interviewing, how far down the road can you see? Huh? Is there, huh? Huh? You know, there are a lot of people who are not living that way. What, what am I saying? What are you seeing when it comes to your personal life? What are you seeing when it comes to your community? What are you seeing when it comes to your city? What are you seeing when it comes to you being present in the earth and what you're going to bring to the table? Come on. What are you going to bring to the table? See, you know, somebody's praying for a spouse, but it's only the spouse you're praying for. You're not praying for what's supposed to be seen in the process of having the spouse. Somebody's praying for a child, but they're not praying for an understanding to see what the process of having a child is going to bring forth. Somebody's praying for millions. Come on, somebody. Somebody's praying for millions. And, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I have a few millionaire friends. And one of my friends, Gilbert, he said to me, he says, he says uh, he's in fiber optics. And he, he runs the whole shebang. And he said, man... I didn't know. I said, what didn't you not know? He said, the amount of lawsuits I'm getting at my company. Now, before he said the lawsuit, yeah, but guess what he said? He said, last year we made 40 million. I was like, woo-hoo! I'm glad I'm your friends. I'm glad I'm your friends. He said, we made 40 million last year. I said, nice. He said, this year I got sued 20 times. About seven of them were employees and two was family. <laughs> hey, he could see far enough into the business, but he didn't see some of the complications that will come along with acquiring that level of success. How many of y'all have ever heard somebody say something like this? I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> Ah, come on, I didn't sign up for that. So, we need to capture a deep and 
understanding role when it comes to the role vision plays in our lives. Vision, how far can you see? How far can you see? Because here's the truth. The future is coming. In other words, here's the deal. Next week is coming. Next year is coming. I was talking to a client and I said, 2030 is coming. How many of y'all remember when everyone was talking 2020? How many of y'all, let's go back a little bit further. How many of y'all remember 2000? The preparation for two, the year 2000. And the level of preparation people were trying. And then the people who were nervous the most were the ones who weren't prepared. Nehemiah and the people were committed to capturing the reality of what they saw coming to pass. They saw something and then here's the deal. They decided to commit to what they saw. So what is it that you're seeing? What is it that you see? The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 3, it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Committed, committed. What is it that I see? This is what I see, I'm going to commit to it. This is what I see, I'm going to commit to it. I remember years ago, I remember years ago, Jordan, that I said it, I said I wanted to be a speaker, Gilbert. I wanted to be a speaker and... And I decided that, you know, uh, a minister called me out and declared, I see you speaking around the world. So I thought, okay, I'm nervous, never spoken before. How do you do that if this got to be a false prophet? <laughs> you know, the Bible says false prophets shall come in the last days. So I got my hands up there like that. He said, I see you traveling around the world. I'm like, mm-hmm. He says, I see you all around the nations. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking in my mind, he don't know. I know he's a false prophet. You know how I know he's a false prophet? I don't have no passport. I got this dude, man. He can keep talking, though. I'm not going to say nothing. I got nothing to say. But when I went home, I felt inspired to look into what he said. And I joined Toastmasters. And I remember the first Toastmasters meeting at what, was, what is now the University of the Bahamas was, it's the, it was the College of the Bahamas. And I remember going, riding my bicycle. Riding my bicycle to that, sir, to that Toastmasters meeting. And then I eventually joined the club. And in joining the club, Ladies and gentlemen, joining the club, I was then told there is an icebreaker speech that I had to make. An icebreaker speech. And I thought, okay, and let me tell you, Brother Darnell, that week in preparing that three-minute speech, it felt like eternity. I'm talking about I rode my bike up to that Toastmasters meeting I got to Toastmasters, I put my tie on on the outside, and I walked in that room, and I'm thinking, I'm going to say the speech. I started sweating at the forehead, started sweating under my, it just felt like, whoo, all my hands was dripping. It's just, it was bad. Three minutes, though, an icebreaker. I had to make the speech, and, and I'm, I'm about to go and make my speech, and I walked up, and I started to speak for three minutes, and it felt like an hour. And I felt like I did so bad. That when I went to my seat, 
the little notes that they would send you to encourage you as a new Toastmaster felt like an assault. Be encouraged. We all have to start somewhere. This is not for me. I got up. It was a Toastmasters meeting, but I put up my Baptist finger and I walk out of that meeting. <laughs> Hadn't gone back for about four weeks. And one of the members called and he said, where you at, man? I said, man, I can't do this. Long story short, I went back to the program, sat in that program, committed to the program. And 19 countries later, travel and influencing the spaces of children's ministry and so forth. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? We need to realize that as we work together, there is nothing that cannot be done through us as we commit to doing that which God has allowed us to capture within our hearts. The question is, the ability to capture something is the critical role of the believer. You can exist for a long time and never capture anything. And the, and the challenge is, something is wanting to be captured, but if you don't learn how to bring it out, or be around people who know how to challenge you to bring it out. Nehemiah found it himself in a unique position where sorrow of heart had rest itself upon him, but he was in an environment where someone saw beyond what he understood how to express, and he challenged him. The king challenged Nehemiah and said to Nehemiah, what's going on? When Nehemiah showed up at Jerusalem, he, his commitment now was to rebuild the wall. To rebuild the wall. I'll tell you three things he walked in to, to this rebuilding process with. He walked in with a vision. He walked in with a plan. He walked in with a program to get the job done. You want to get the job done, you need vision. No matter what it is that you're trying to do, the question is, is how far can you see in regards to what it is that you said you want to do? And then have you drawn up a plan to get it done? Look at somebody and say, get a plan. Get a plan. Whatever it is that you see, whatever it is that you see, Get a plan. Look at somebody else. They didn't get it, man. They ain't got it. Look at someone else and say, get a plan. Get a plan. Get a plan. Here's the deal. After you commit to getting a plan, then you have to make a commitment to work the program to get the job done. The people were so interested in what Nehemiah had to say that the scripture says that they had a mind to work. Woo! The scripture says they had a mind to work. The people were so fired up, they had a mind to work. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6 says, so we, watch this, so built we the wall. What was, what was pressing on my heart? It was the rebuilding of the wall. And so it says, Nehemiah, he says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together. I'm loving the fact that this was the thing that was the sadness of heart, and he captured something, and then he presented his case, and God released him with the blessing of the king. And then watch this, the people joined forces with him to get the work done. The people were so fired up about his plans that they finished the work in 52 days. 52 days. History tells us that 
The wall was about 1.7 miles long and included up to 10 gates and 8 towers. It was no small task, but they got it done. You know why they got it done? Because the Bible tells us they had a what? A mind to work. When the people made up their minds to work together, opposition and criticism could not hinder them from fulfilling what God had called them to do. Opposition and criticism. Opposition and criticism. How many of y'all know when you're called to do something, you got to learn how to capture what it is that's in your heart. You got to write it down. The Bible says, write down the vision, make it plain, establish. This is what I'm going after. I remember. I remember. Okay. I remember the first time I said I was going to, I was going to start speaking and I would travel and so forth. My first destination was Bimini. One of the beautiful islands in the Bahamas. You want to check it out, right? I went to Bimini with three other guys. And we all were going to be speaking. And we were sharing one room because we were young evangelists. How do you all know what I'm saying, you know? There's, you know, four of us, we just slept anywhere. We just want a roof over our head. So Alexis, we went to Bimini. We went to a school. We spoke to the school and then we spoke that night and and then somebody from the media came and they started asking questions, Gilbert. And my friends, I didn't agree with what they said in the question that was being asked. Now, I'm from Soldier Road. I just straight up, I'm going to say what I got to say. Okay? And so I decided to say what I had to say. And I didn't realize after we finished eating, the guys who I stayed in the room with, they weren't around. And behold, everybody started leaving, and I walked down by the little motel place where we were staying, and I knocked on the door. I could hear them, and they wouldn't open the door. I knocked on the door. They didn't open the door. Do you know they never opened the door? Do you know I slept in a gazebo? These jokers, it was, it was between staying safe and going back to Soldier Road. That's my street, you know? That's like go back knucklehead. That's like go Pleasant Grove. Go Old Cliff on them. You know? It was like I was trying to figure out where should I be? Where should I stay, save, sanctify, fill with the Holy Ghost? Or should I kick this door in, Amanda? Come on, Amanda. I was about 20 years old. Come on. I sat out on that patio for a moment. Fell asleep in a gazebo. They got up the next morning and didn't talk to me. I went to the pastor. I told him about it. He said, brother, you can't tell they're jealous of you. I said, jealous? I don't know. what, the, what Jealous about what? Here's the deal. In your pursuit to do what God has called you to do, it's not going to be easy. Everything is not going to roll itself out the way you want it to roll itself out. Along the way. I believe that there's anything that God gave me as a believer, if it's anything. I don't have a lot of gifts. I don't have a lot of talent. I don't have a lot of education. I don't have a lot of things. One thing I do have is I have the ability to guard my heart. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And so for the wrong that has done, been done to me along the way, the Bible says with all diligence, guard your heart. Because let me tell you something. If you don't guard your heart, It'll affect the wall, Nehemiah. 
If you don't guard your heart, it will stop you from doing the thing that God has called you to do. Because here's the deal, distractions are going to show up. And they're going to show up in all forms. You don't determine who's going to be your discourager. Hello. Come on, let me say that again. You don't determine who's going to be your discourager. Somebody is assigned to distract you. Somebody is assigned to take you off of the wall. Somebody is assigned to get you out of that commitment and cause you to just be present, just simply saying, I throw in the towel too. But guess what? There comes a time in your life where you got to tell yourself, I'm not throwing in the towel. When difficulty arises, I see something. Come on. I got my eyes on something. And even though it gets rough, I'm going to keep pressing forward. Hello, somebody. Even though it gets rough, I'm going to keep pressing forward forward. Here's the deal. The guy told me, you're going to travel and speak. I went to Toastmasters. I was riding from Toastmasters, Sean, on my bike. Okay? From Toastmasters on my bike. And the rain came down. And I went and pulled over at a gas station, got the garbage bag, popped my hand through it, Dion. Road, come on, covered up to ride my bike in the rain. Okay? I'm riding my bike from Toastmasters because the man of God said, you're going to travel around the world. But right now I got a bike without a passport. I'm riding my bike and it's raining. And here's the deal. When I stopped out of corner, this T-junction, some guys pulled up and the car was all smoky because it's raining, right? And the smoke came down and it was some of my old homeboys. And they look at me and it was like, hey, what's up, bro? I look at them like, hey. And I said, so that's what God doing for you? And they pulled off. And I kept riding. And I don't know what was coming down the roads. The rain drops off my tears. Because <laughs> I didn't even know. If, do you wipe your eyes in the rain? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> I was feeling it, man. I was feeling it. But here's the deal. Opposition comes along the way. Opposition comes along the way. God has given us all different forms of help in the body. The challenge is, you got to now accept the fact that God has called me to do something in the earth. My existence is an indication that God has a plan for me. I don't care how old you are. The mere fact that you're still here, you're still here, is an indication he's not done yet. Everybody say that with me. He's not done yet. Come on, somebody. Say it with confidence. He's not done yet. Come on, say it one more time. He is not done yet. Now, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in... Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, it says, whatsoever your hands find to do, it says, do it with what? All your might. Go all in. Look at somebody and say, go all in. Come on. Look at another person and say, go all in. The challenge now is if we know in order for you to bring your vision to pass, the thing that God has captured within your heart that allows you to not feel like, you know, I got to do this. You get up late at night, you get up early in the morning because there's something burning within your heart. You get up and you decide, you know what, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep pressing on. 
When God says in Proverbs chapter 24 and 6, it says, in the multitude of counselors there is safety, it means helpers, assistance, deliverance, salvation. Listen, all of it is necessary along the way. You just got to be open. And here's the beautiful thing about me talking about guarding your heart. Because along the way, help is available to you because life is going to demand you get help. Nothing of significant has ever been accomplished by any one person. Jesus himself showed up and then he says, hey, you, 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 and you. Come follow me. Come help me do what I've been called to do. Help is needed. Now, here's the deal. We may call an altar call because some people has this statement, I don't like people. <laughs> or, I don't like asking for help. Or, you know, I'm just by myself. And, and you know, and, and it's just what it is. When the call, if God has called you, you're going to need somebody. Let me say it again. If God's called you, you're going to need somebody. So then you got to start accepting the fact, hey, Nehemiah needed the king. But not only did Nehemiah needed the king, Nehemiah needed the people. And here's the deal. How many of y'all know you can have people who don't have a mind to work? Come on. You can pull a team together and not win any championship for more than a decade. I ain't calling no teams. I'm just saying. You could, you could pull a team together, pay good money for the team, and not win. Hey, in order to win, you got to have a mind to work. You're going to have to go a little bit further, a little bit stronger, a little bit harder. The Bible says, this is the mindset we must have. The Bible says in, in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Having that mindset right there, I can do all the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The first time I went to Mexico, I was invited. Had no clue who was going to pick me up. My name is Ricardo, but I don't speak Spanish. Okay, and I believe that when they invited me, they thought a shorter guy was coming with a different color skin. When I showed up, I said, "I'm Ricardo." That's like, oh, you're the. But here's the deal. I was invited to speak and didn't speak Spanish. But I remember going, filling on the paper, and not having a clue who's on the other side, who's going to pick me up. But I remind myself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nations can come if I'm not prepared to get out of my comfort zone. Come on. Right? So I had to challenge myself. I had to challenge myself. When people have a mind to work, in Christ, only good things will come forth. So here is a couple of things I believe. You can't, watch this, you can be called to do something and at the beginning be afraid to do it. You can be called to do something and at the beginning struggle with what you're called to do. So there are people who oftentimes don't ever get out of the boat. Because they don't believe they're called to do such a thing. But if you are following the instruction of the master who says, come. 
I bid you to come. Woo. If you could, oh man, if you could feel that in your spirit, listen, I'm going where no one in my family has gone before. Come on, somebody. You got to tell yourself, I'm going where no one in the office has gone, no one on the street, no one, no sibling has gone. You just got to know, listen, he is, he is bidding me to come. And with the bid, when he bids you to come, you could, you got to tell yourself, generational curses are broken in the bid. Come on. Come on. Listen, strongholds are destroyed. In the bid. He, he bid me to come. Somebody said, but you're a miller. That's always been your case. I'm the miller who's about to destroy the stronghold. I'm, a, I'm about to be the one to be the game changer. Because you know why? He bid me to come. But here's the deal. This is what most of us don't want to push through. As a person who has committed his life, okay, to having a mind to work, I've learned that the process works like this, Dion. Let me tell you how the process works. It works like this. Stage one, you fear it. It starts with fear. I can't do that. It starts with fear. And then it moves from fear to you, you, move, you started fearing it. And then what it does? I hate it. So I remember I was like, I can't speak. And oh no. I'm not a speaker. I feared speaking. Then it moved towards, okay, I'll speak, but I hate speaking. Okay, I just hate speaking. And then it moves towards, we need someone to speak. Come on, I'm okay with it. I don't have to be the one. I don't have to be the one. I'm okay with it. And then it's, watch this. I like speaking, right? And then it moves to from like to love. Come on, somebody. Come on. It moves to love. Now, here's the deal. I was showing my mother my schedule for this trip I'm doing to the Bahamas, and she said, son, that's too much on your schedule. I said, I love doing what I do. She said, I don't understand. I said, I'm like fish in water. Come on, man. You put a fish in the water and what, the, what happens? The fish emerge into its most beautiful essence. But you take a fish out of water and try to teach it how to climb a tree? Its entire life, it will feel stupid. Hello. Right? So the challenge then is moving beyond your fear. And some fear are generational. And some hate is generational. Then we get to the point where we're so okay with it, we just stick with what we're okay with, never moving to mastery. You got to push yourself to the place where you start to realize, okay, the Bible indicates that our thought life ultimately determines our reality. Okay? So here's the deal. Oh man, I can't, I can't, I, you know, I hate, I hate, oh, I, I won't even try. That will keep you stuck. That will keep you stuck. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, for as a man thinketh, so is, let's try that again. As a man thinketh, so is, every time you show up, you must make a commitment to do your best. Every time, every time. I am fearful, but I'm going to show up. I really don't like doing this, but I'm going to show up. I occasionally volunteer to do it, but I'm going to show up. The Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, 
Do it with all your might. Make a commitment. Do your best every time. Be your best every time. Make a commitment. I want to have the best every time. Even with your church membership. Even with your community affiliation, even with your job performance, even when it comes to your marriage, you can't, there's no settling. There's no settling. You got to push past whatever is perceived to be some form of difficulties. Difficulties will arise, but you got to tell yourself, I'm a fighter. I'm a worker. The Bible says the people had a mind to work. And I'm here today to tell you, even though people could be doing life with you, they may not have a mind to work. You can, you can be skilled and not have a mind to work. You can be available and not have a mind to work. Literally. You decline everything because you don't even try and it's now become a habit. So you say no before you even think about it. And the truth is, oftentimes an invitation to do something is your door to, doorway to the next level. Let me say that again. An opportunity to do something is your doorway to the next level. Let me give you an example. All David said was, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and play the harp for King Saul. But King Saul had no clue that the boy who was playing in the harp was observing him for replacement. <laughs> because his family couldn't teach him how to be king. But his willingness to say, I'll play, get, got him access. Access got him exposure. And the Bible says that even after he killed Goliath, Saul says, who is that? That means this boy was so close to Saul playing for him and not being observant by him to not know that he's the replacement. His father says to him, go and take this lunch to your brothers. He could have says, hey, hold on, I got a problem with this, okay? Two things. One, I play for Saul. Two, I've been anointed king. Three, my errand days are over. Print me some cards, start me a Facebook page, and wait for the likes. Because I'm going up. But because he was willing, he had a mind to work. The Bible says he said, okay. And listen, a person who has a mind to work has, the, uh, has oftentimes an eye to see. It's because his mind to work got him to the line, when he got to the line, here's the deal. People who have a mind to work, they're problem solvers. Okay? They're problem solvers. He got to the line, and then he said, what's going on? And then they, they said, we got a problem. Yeah. And he says, I can handle that. Yeah. And they says, you don't understand. My challenge to you today, Nehemiah saw something that needed to be done. Nehemiah was presented to, with the opportunity to make it happen. There were people around Nehemiah who actually was trying to discourage him. But here's the deal. There was also people around Nehemiah who was called to help him. And my message today is centered around the fact that in our pursuit to go forward, we got to find what is it that I see and the work ethics that I have to have to get to where I'm trying to go. 
What do you see? I don't care where you are in your life. What is it that you see? The challenge now is for us as a church, listen, I, I moved into a neighborhood and the first three months, I got a letter in the mail and it says the association is having a meeting. I'm like, if I'm gonna live in this neighborhood, I wanna know what's happening with the association. Uh, my son went to school and when they had a PTA meeting, I'm like, if my son is gonna go to this school, I'm going to the PTA meeting to figure out how they run this school. I moved into a city. I said, I'm going to city council meeting. Who's the mayor? I need to meet the mayor. Who's the principal? Who's the president? I didn't come to be in charge. I just came to help because there's problems everywhere. And here's the deal. The people who make a difference where the problems arise are the people who show up and says, how can I be of assistance? How can I be of assistance? So today I want to remind all of us that's the role we should play. We are believers. We are children of God. Wherever we show up, we shine. Come on, somebody. Wherever we show up, we shine. Somebody said, but you're not that good. Here's the deal. David wasn't that good with sword, neither shield, but he yet was the person who brought down the problem. So don't allow the traditional statement of the common masses to be the thing that stops you from shining. Your moment is going to come because you're going to raise your hands. Your moment is going to come because you're going to commit to being faithful at task. Your moment is going to come because you are going to deliver. And let me tell you something. When you're called to deliver, the Bible says, He who is faithful with little is faithful with much. Let me tell you something. It says, wherever David was, God was. Wherever Joseph was, God was. Anybody who gives their best effort in God, God is with them. And if you continually commit, to showing up with God on your side. I'm telling you, the best days are in front of you. But you got to have a mind to work. As I close this out, I want to remind you, nothing of significance have ever been accomplished by any one person. But in addition, everything of significance that has been accomplished has been accomplished through people who understand the power of an incredible work ethics. I'm talking about people who know the importance of getting it done. Heads bow, eyes close. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you for having a commitment to have a mind to work for you and then having a mind to work for God's kingdom or the advancement of what he has called you to do in the earth. Nothing changes when we stand by and do nothing. Here at our church, this is an incredible day. It's our Connect Sunday. You're watching online, it's our Connect Sunday. It's a, it's a Sunday where you say, you know what? I've been going here for a while, but I haven't got connected. Get connected. Not only does this church need you, this community needs you. Not only does this community need you, the city needs you. Not only does the city need you, the world needs you. I'm needed. Let's stand. I'm needed. I'm needed. The Bible says the people had a mind to work. It doesn't matter where you start. It's how you finish. Along the way, you got to learn how to guard your heart. 
because the great distractor will show up. The great distractor will show up and try to stop you from doing that which you've been called to do. I remember one time somebody called me aside and they said, hey man, I know you're volunteering here and you're volunteering here. They're taking advantage of you. And I had no clue that I had gotten that David revelation, which is I'm following, in my, I'm following instructions to the next level. And sometimes those instructions demand that you give free service initially. Hello. Sometimes it demands you give free service only to find yourself favorably blessed because you served your way to the top. One more time, heads, but I want to pray with you. The people had a mind to work. I believe none of us are called to be stuck, and I believe all of us have been called to do something. Let me say that again. I believe none of us have been called to be stuck. I believe all of us have been called to do something. And here's the challenge, though. Here's the challenge. You got to push yourself out of your comfort zone because what you become accustomed to, you will live with. Okay? What you become accustomed to, you will live with. God is wanting to do so much more with every single one of us. The challenge is, is you got to get out of your seat and tell yourself, I need a mind to work. That mind to work may be on your marriage. That mind to work may be on your children. That mind to work may be on your business. That mind to work may be in ministry. That mind to work may be in your community. But at the end of the day, nothing of significance is accomplished by people who don't have a mind to work. With heads bowed, eyes closed, Father, I want to pray for every person under the sound of my voice. I want to pray for those that are watching online that you will touch all of us and help us to understand where it is that we're supposed to do life and ministry. Give us all a mind to work. The people had a mind to work and they build the wall in record times. Guess what, God? We believe that you want to do something in record times within our lives. And so I'm praying right now that that is what's going to happen in and through us in this season moving on. Bless those that are here. Father, when they walk out of the sanctuary, those that are members of this church and those who are desiring to be members, that when they see those connect tables, they're going to take some time out and say, you know what, I can give once a month, I can give twice a month, I'm going to serve two hours on a Sunday, I can serve somewhere. But I pray God that every single one of our members will be serving, well connected. We're going to serve our way to our new campus together. We're going to grow together. It is in Christ's name I pray. And everybody shout, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you. 